are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. It is a really good um, Daniel, wherever you are, it was been it was just awesome to have Daniel with us tonight and uh, sharing and man, there's a lot of excitement in the lobby right now. I think we should all leave here and go out there and see what's happening. Oh, here they come. The loud people are coming. But uh, Daniel, it was awesome to have you. It's such an honor. And I, you came and uh, played in January uh, when Michael was here. And I, and I turned to Tara and I said, there's something about him. Do you have a word for him? And she goes, no, should I? But I should. And um, I just said, there's, like, there's a connection with that guy. I just met him today. And then we met in Calgary uh, a month ago when I was there. And just there's just something connecting, and it's just, I feel like God's really set it up for you to be here tonight, and just uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, leading us and uh, leading the team, and uh, God's, God's in tonight. God has established tonight, and He know, knows what He's doing, and um, uh, Tara mentioned about the conference. Uh, we did a draw. Lauren just let me know that Crystal Sharon won 50% off her reg, so give it up to Crystal, and um, if you haven't registered, uh, the registration, uh, she's like, oh, I forgot the details. The registration info, it's, it's $139, and uh, it ends tomorrow night at midnight, and then it goes up higher. So um, don't procrastinate. You just lose money by doing that. Um, it's a Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Uh, I just, I believe there's something really, when we started this last year, I just remember, I never realized this, but we got in there Thursday night, and I realized that there's something about sacrifice. Because the people that come to something like this, you have to pay quite a bit, you have to miss a day of work, you have to actually sacrifice something. And I realized what happens when we sacrifice something is there's a different level of hunger and expectation. That we come in and we're like, everybody was there is like, oh, I'm not coming here because it's free. I'm coming here because I've paid, I've taken time off work, and I'm expecting to meet with God. And, and I just believe that, that more than anything, who's speaking, whatever, this is about encountering God. God's going to really show up. I, it was the highlight of what we did last year. I can honestly say that. That the Saturday night, what all came together, what God spoke to me personally, it was unbelievable. And I just, I just know there was an atmosphere, there was something where because of that sacrifice, God did something in my heart. And so I just encourage you, if you're, you're thinking about it, we want you there. We want to do this. This is a gathering of, of friends, dreamers, and leaders. You're our friends. I, I just think it would be amazing for each one of you to be part of this. So, so register if you haven't. You can register online, get all the info, and uh, be part of that. Um, tonight, I, uh, I sense God uh, wants me to share, as I've been uh, praying about tonight, uh, kind of a continuation of a, a topic that I started in March and I spoke on establishment, how God wants to establish us. And then if you were here in March, and then if you came in April, we had uh, Elmer and Sherry Comont, and also 
friend Trevor Meyer sharing. And, and the conversation continued there a bit and how, how God interwined that theme. And, and I want to continue on tonight. If you haven't heard those last two resurgences, uh, Bennett does an amazing job uh, getting all our podcasts up. So you can go to our website. You can listen to it. You can. So if you haven't heard those messages, you're like, I missed it. Go check out our podcast uh, and, and listen to it. And um, But I want to talk tonight about this concept of the call of God, the, the calling of God. What, what is a calling? Well, what, what does this all, we, we use this word, and, um, and uh, what is calling? I, I often think, you know, um, if you've grown up in a church, you would maybe know this word. Uh, if not, you're probably like, this is peculiar, the calling. What is your calling? Like, what, what does that even mean? And so I want to I unpack that. And if you remember last month, Elmer got up, and, and when he, we interviewed, he said, there's people here that you have a call. God's calling you. Would you stand? And some of you stood. About 45 people stood responding to the call. And, and I just want to unpack what that looks like, how we know the call, how we explore the call, and what that means for each of our lives, and, and what this is all about. So what does it mean? If you look in Scripture, Calling has, has a number of meanings in Scripture. Um, the first is a simple act where we understand calling like calling someone. Hey, Daniel, you know, uh, call someone. You call me on my cell phone, you know, th that kind of, we, we understand that, you know. We, Drake sings it to us, and it's so annoying. Um, you know, it's when you call on the phone someone, you catch someone's ear for a season. You, 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 you catch them, you talk to them, uh, you called, I answered, you came to my rescue. You know, we can call out to people, we can call out to animals. Hey, cat, go there. I mean, I guess you can tell I, I am not a cat owner. Hey, Fluffy, hey, Fluffy, call out to Fluffy. Um, but we call out to things, they answer, um, that's one type of calling. Calling in the Bible also looks like something else. It looks like um, to, to name something. Uh, uh, the name means to call into being or to establish something. See, when God created the world, he, he said, you know, let there be light, and, and he, called it, um, he called the light day. And then he said, let there be darkness, and he called that night. See, when God calls things, there's something, um, there's a greater depth more than just putting a name behind it or a, or a hashtag. He's not just looking for something that sounds good and will go viral. He, he, he was, he's looking for the weight that goes behind it. There's a depth to it. And see, when God would call or name things in the Old Testament, there, there was meaning behind the name. So, so names would have meaning. See, um, it's beyond a matter of being and doing, supposedly, but it, it was more than that. It was also a name would say what something is becoming or, or of what something wasn't yet but called to be by God. So it was a name that called the very end, the very end game. It was a name that, that prophetically spoke forward of the future of a person. See, Abram became Abraham, father of many nations. And he, became, he was named that a year before he had Isaac. Because it was, it, was a, it was a declare. Hannah had the name favor and grace. But Hannah didn't have any favor and grace when we first start reading the story. When we read the story, she was persecuted by Penny. And Penny was bugging her and said, you can't have kids and I can. And, and yet her name was favor and grace. And yet that happened. She had Samuel. 
See, calling in the New Testament um, becomes um, representative of salvation. Uh, salvation. See, calling is God calling people to himself. You know, people, Christ came and, and called people to be followers. Jesus called disciples. Um, he said, put down your nets, follow me. There's this calling. Here, the early church was formed. Um, and, and the word for the church is actually ecclesia, ecclesia. And it means a community of called out ones. And so the whole concept of church, this calling, was, was God's salvation. See, the early people were not called Christians. They were called followers of the way. They were people that followed the way. And, and they were following a call because Jesus literally called them in person and said, Come, Peter, stop fishing and come and follow. You know, drop your nets, come. And see, Jesus said, Whoever is thirsty, come to me. Whoever's thirsty, um, he, he says, I stand at the door and knock. And whoever hears my knocking opens a door and lets me in. He came to bring a way for a relationship. Um, when God made man, Adam and Eve, he, he put them in his garden. And Adam and Eve ended up going and sinning. And, and one day God came and he, he said that God was walking in the cool of the day. And he was looking for Adam and Eve. He was calling them. He was calling them but couldn't find them because they were in their shame and they were trying to hide from it. See, ever since then, God has been, has been calling us. And the only way that we can actually answer that call had to come through Jesus. Jesus made it possible that in the reality that we can answer the call and we can be part of the family and we can respond to the call of God. See, tonight maybe you grew up in church. Um, maybe you've never been in a church before and you're looking at me like, why the heck did I come? And you're not even really sure. Uh, I don't know where you're from. Maybe you're, maybe you're excited to be here and maybe you're like, stuff's not going good in my life and that's why I'm here. Whatever the case is, it's not an accident you're here tonight. It's not an accident. God has called you because the call of God is beating on your heart. Whatever you've been through, wherever you've been, God calls us. And he calls you and he calls me and there's a knocking on each one of our hearts. See, salvation is the greatest call. And he says, come to me. Um, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless, blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious praise, that he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Ephesians 1, 4-8. See, this is our primary calling. We are called through Jesus to be part of the family of God. You can't say, I'm not called. (laughs) You can't. Because God, you cannot say, God did not choose me. You can't. God picked you and God picked me, period. You're called. I'm called. And um, each one of us in this place are, are seated. When we say yes to Jesus, we're seated with him in heavenly places. He, he died for us. He raised, uh, was raised for the dead for us he, so we can spend eternity with him. We're called. Um, our primary calling as followers of Christ is by him, to him, for him. First and foremost... We're called to someone, God, first. We're not, we're not called to something such as motherhood, politics, teaching, or to somewhere, Africa, Edmonton, Asia. We're, we're called first and foremost to God. That's our primary calling. 
That's a central calling for each one of us. That is key. And when Jesus left earth, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, go out. Matthew 5 declares, you are the light of the world. It doesn't say, I'm the light of the world. It says, you are the light. That means us. We're the light. See, we are here to change the world. We're here to change the very course of history. He didn't just die for us, get raised up, and go up there and so that we can just spend our lives waiting to die and go to heaven. But we're here to bring heaven to earth. Our mandate is to bring the mandate of Jesus everywhere we go. We are all called to ministry. We're all called to ministry. At times, you know, it, it, we have elevated people sometimes with a vocational call to ministry. Someone like me on a stage, and it's like, oh, he's, he's a minister. He's, he's the minister. I'm not a minister. He's the pastor. He's the whatever. And yet when Jesus left, he never said this. He never said, let Joel Osteen go into all the world. <laughs> he never said, let, let whoever your pastor's name go into all the world. He, he, he said you. He said every single one of us go into all the world. See, we're all ministers of him. Every one of us have the same Holy Spirit. There's not different levels of the Holy Spirit where pastors have a different level. No, we all are given the Holy Spirit. The very resurrected power of Jesus lives inside each one of us. And so there's not, there's not little levels where you work up. We have it all. There's no different levels. We're all the same. And, and, and every one of us are plugged in and we're all called. We're all called. Turn to yourself and say, self, I'm called. Okay. Um, at times, I think people sometimes in, in vocational ministry, and I'll, I'll put myself in that where, where my job is ministry, um, have, have got it wrong. And we've at times elevated um, people that do vocational ministry. It looks like this. It looks like maybe on a Sunday morning, a pastor will say, hey, I want this person to come up. We want to pray over them because they're going on a YWAM mission trip. That's amazing. So we pray. But, but what do we say to the, the teachers that are in the room that are spending nine months of the year not going but staying in Edmonton and, and pouring into the lives of kids in the public school system? What, what do we say when we have, you know, uh, uh, parents or volunteers that helped out once every two months in the children's ministry, and we applaud them, and we say, you guys are amazing. But what do we say to the parents that are 24 hours with their kids every day, raising up the next generation? See, we, that's ministry. That's ministry. We're all ministers. We're all called to ministry. And if we get this, it changes everything. See, right now in the church... Um, the church has evolved to 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Um, is it okay if I go here? 20% um, um, giving, 20% serving, 20% prayer, 20% tithing. That, that's statistics. And, and we, you know, we have to cattle prod people to give, to serve, to pray, to do the things that in, in the, to, to, see, to see the body of Christ move forward. And, um, you know, if Jesus is in you and you're a called one and I'm a called one um, and we have a calling and we have a mandate to, to bring heaven to earth, what does it look like where we actually respond to that mandate? 
Like, like we're part of the team. It changes the mindset. It changes the thing. See, it's, it's our primary calling to love Jesus and serve him. That the church um, is the body of Christ, but it also is the bride of Christ. So if I have a friend, and I think a lot of this friend, and I say, man, you're amazing. But he is a bride that I'm like, I can't stand you. You're crazy. I don't want to be near you. You hurt me. You're crazy. I don't like you. Da, 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 da. But I'm like, to my friend, I really, you're awesome. I want to spend more time with you, but please don't bring her, you know? <laughs> well, do I actually love my friend? Do I actually like my friend? And I think it's the same way. I love Jesus. I, I love Jesus, but I, I don't like church. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like, well, that's Jesus' bride. <laughs> they go together. And we're the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. And I think we need to get a perspective that we must love the body. That we must love the body. What would it happen if we're not consumers, but we're all saying, this is our church. It's not, what would happen at, at Greenfields? What would happen at Central Baptist? What would happen at City Center? What would happen, all the churches that are represented in this room, if everyone said, count me in. I'm part of the team. I, I, I've been sitting on the bench too long. I've been letting the guy up on the stage and the pastor be the minister. But I'm called to ministry. I'm called to serve. And, and maybe it's putting out chairs or maybe it's giving or, or maybe it's praying or maybe it's whatever. We're getting the podcast set up. What, whatever it looks like. But what would it look like if we all got into the game? See, um, I, I think it stems back to value. And um, we've talked a lot about value if you've been out to resurgence. See, Jesus didn't die for junk. You're, you're not junk and I'm not junk. The greatest price that could ever be paid was paid for each one of us. Period. And, but when I have a revelation of this value, then it actually changes. I realize the love of God, the width, the depth, the height. I realize that, that, that now I, 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 my life is not my own. I realize that I, I'm forever changed. And when I know my value, my worship changes because I want to worship Him, because I see Him and I know I want to give of my time. I want to give of my money. I want to serve. I want to do whatever I need to see. Church isn't a chore anymore, but it's actually me being part of the family and me doing my role and saying, I'm in. See, church is, is about the called out ones working together. Pastors won't have to pester and, and coddle and, and, and babysit attendees, but they can rather focus on bringing in the presence of God and stewarding that because the rest of the church is running on its own. See, John 15, 16 to 17 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love one another. So we have a primary calling. It's the relationship with him. It's the, it's the primary thing. But then there's, there's something else. There would be the secondary callings. The secondary things. See, it, it's, it's our purpose. It's our, it's our destiny. It's, it's what makes you tick. It's, it's the thing that you come alive for. That you're like, oh, this is what I was made for. See, we can properly say that the secondary calling must answer, um, must, is basically a response to the primary calling. That the, the secondary calling is actually what it looks like when the light shines through us, you're the light of the world. It actually is what it looks like, is the secondary callings in our life. You are the light of the world looks different in each one of us. Because we are all made differently. We're not the same people. I'm not the same as Da. We're, we're different people. We, we are different. Um, 
we have different passions, different interests. You know, each person in this room, we all have these differences. And, and the light of the world shining through us uh, looks different. And that's what secondary calling is. And it's, it's the manifestation of the primary call in our lives. And we may say we're called to business or called to um, teaching or called to vocational ministry or called to motherhood or, or all these things. But they're secondary. They're never primary. See, the, they're callings rather than the calling because the calling is always to Him. See, they're our personal answer to the primary thing He calls us to. The primary calling always comes before the secondary calling. See, everyone is born with seeking a purpose. Everybody wants to know, what is my fit? What am I here for? Why, did I, why am I around? What is the point of it all? They say the art of life is when you think what you do is important. That's what they say. And see, if you don't have a purpose, it's impossible to live. Even if it's the smallest purpose, even if it's, it can be simple like, I'm going to eat breakfast tomorrow morning. And you go to bed going, I'm going to have bacon and eggs tomorrow morning. That might be all your purpose is. But you get to tomorrow by thinking of that. Suicide counselors, if someone's dealing with suicidal thoughts, what they'll do is see if they can get the person to make a plan, to make a purpose, that they're going to actually do something and carry it out. You have to stay around because you have to do this. This is a task. This is something, purpose, because it draws everybody needs a purpose. And... Um, but the thing is, if we don't know our primary calling, then it's going to be really hard to figure out our purpose. Because every human wants significance. But if we, know our, if we don't know our value in God, then we try to find value in everything else. We try to find it in a relationship. We try to find it in money, in career, in, in friends, in influence, in all these things. But they don't fill it because our primary calling isn't quenched. Our primary calling is to love Him and serve Him. We were made to worship Him. And if we don't discover that, then we're trying to fill things, and it just doesn't work. See, that is why we have to know our primary calling first. When we have that understanding that God chose us and that Jesus is in our hearts, then the secondary calling is easier to see. Um, we have to know the why. Secondary calling um, is called is being part of the family. It's see the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> you know um, that's why relationships happen. That's why marriages happen. But but the, the whole analogy of the three the three strand cord. If you don't have God as the primary as part of any relationship, then it's never going to work because there's no foundation. There's no common thread. There's no common thing that keeps things grounded. See, the call is to Jesus. Jesus has to be our orbit. Jesus has to be the common ground. He has to be the primary calling. Calling is interesting. And um, is this good? We're doing okay. We're, we're trucking through a bit of stuff tonight, but I, I just, I, I know that this is something that, that God's really stirred, in, and I've, I've met with many people in here, and they're trying to figure out calling, trying to figure out where am I supposed to fit, how do I fit, how do I navigate calling, and so, um, you know, Elmer and Sherry were on the stage at, at the last resurgence, they're missionaries to Africa, into Burundi, exactly, and they, they felt a calling some 30 years ago. And 30 years ago, they were in Alberta, and then they moved to BC. They were, you know, working. But they felt a calling that took them to Africa 30 years ago. 
That calling made them, um, they told stories how they had gunpoint, they were held with a gun to them, that they were broken into, they had dozens of bouts of malaria, they got, Elmer got brain can cancer, brain tumor, and, and all these things, they had to be away from their home, they had to sacrifice, miss their family, all these things to move to a foreign land, leaving the, the safe for, for risk, for crazy. But why did they do all that? is they had an encounter with Jesus. They had an encounter with Jesus, and the primary call made everything worth it. Why did they last 30 years? Because they had an encounter with Jesus, and they knew their primary call, and they knew that their secondary calling, that's, that's why they did what they did. Why didn't they come home when they were held at gunpoint? Why? Because something in them, they were living for what they were meant to do. See, we'll go through a lot of things. We'll endure a lot of things when we understand our calling, when we understand what Christ has done. We understand our purpose. So for them, the light of the world shining through them looked like Africa. Um, that's what it looked like. You know, I, um, when I was going to uh, university, I was studying engineering. And uh, in my summers, I would uh, get a summer job for the four months. It would start basically now, um, or like beginning of May, so now, and um, I would work for four months, and for the first two summers, I took a job at this lighting place called Custom Lighting, and we made, uh, they were in the manufacturing business of retrofit fluorescent lighting, so super amazing, um, and and my job was to like work in the office, build a website, do the marketing, uh, go on site and measure things. So I'd be like in labs at the university measuring, trying not to like drop my tape measure, not knowing what I'm doing. You know, just, just simple driving around, doing whatever needed to be done. And that was my job for two summers. And, um, but what I would do is I only got so much many holidays. And uh, my youth pastor was, was out uh, doing ministry probably three, four weeks a summer. And my heart was like, I just wanted to like serve. I wanted to be there. I wanted to, I wanted to be at these camps. And so what I would do is instead of spending time with my family, I would actually um, take my holidays going to do ministry. So I did that probably I, all as I can remember, all four years of my uh, degree. And so that was what I did. That was what I enjoyed. I'm like, that's my holidays. I'm going to these camps and these youth camps and wherever. And so I remember this one camp, and I've shared this a little bit, but this camp was in Okanagan. I mean, it was a, it was a nice place to go to. It's like, okay, I'll go to that camp. And um, I flew in to Kelowna late because I had to work a few extra days and I couldn't get the whole week off. And I remember flying in and they, uh, my friends picked me up. We, we stopped at four peach stands. I was like, come on, this is camp, you know. And we got to this camp and God was moving at this camp. And I just remember there was just, and I was there to do sound. That's what I did. I could do sound. I could serve. And I loved it. I just loved being at the back, moving the faders. That's what I did. And get to watch what God would do. And um, I never had preached. I never had a desire to preach. I never played anything. I'm, I'm not there for that. I'm there to do sound, make it sound good. And so I'm at the back, and I'm there. And, and I remember God started to move. Like people were getting healed. And, and we started seeing um, people getting set free of, of demonic stuff, people screaming. And then they got set free. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like what's happening? God's real, you know. I mean, I just saw it. I saw him 
move. And I'm like, okay, this is real, you know. And, and I just loved it. And I remember one night after all this was happening, you know, I think the band was just kind of, maybe we put some, a CD on at that point because they probably played for like three hours straight. And, um, and so I came and I sat kind of in a pew or a chair. It was a chair near the front. And I was just watching the altar ministry and all that was happening. And I remember just saying to God, God, I want to sit on this pew for the, for the rest of my life. This is, what, this, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what makes me tick. I, I just want to sit here. I didn't say I want to be on the stage. Uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't at all. I was like, I just want to sit and watch some cheer some others on. And I just remember that that, was, that wasn't a voice. That, wasn't a, that was just this, this is what I was made to do, sit on a pew and watch God you move. And, and, I, and I remember that, that distinction of that. See, you know, later on, um, you know, as I, as I, you know, remembered that moment, I still think of that. I, distractions came. It would have been easy to move on. There was career and money and all these other things. But, but I've never lost sight of that calling. And, and, and I'm going, God, how do I follow what you're doing? How do I follow that? See, primary calling... Um, relationship with Jesus is key, but it actually leads us to that secondary callings and, or the secondary things. And if we're not secure and we don't know our value, then we're going to lose direction. We're, we're going to get stuck. We're going to compromise. And, you know, what holds us back from our callings? What holds us back from those things? And if I, I need to be honest with you, I think it's the thought, God, how can you call a mess like me? God, how can you use me it's the feeling of unqualification, inadequacy. I don't have enough what it takes. Um, and probably if you dig deeper, I think each one of us would probably have some thoughts of that. Deep inside each one of us. And uh, some thoughts of like, do I have what it takes? Am I enough? You know, I, I remember um, I, got, I got asked about maybe eight years ago, and, and I'm sharing these stories because I, I want to be personal in my life, but I, I'm not saying that in any way that vocational ministry is, is any greater calling. We're all called. So understand when I share that. But I, I want to share something because it relates to all of us. But I, I was speaking at youth camps. And this is fast forward some years. And, and, and God had called me into speaking. And so I'm speaking at some youth camps. And a mentor of mine called me up and said, there's this family camp. And I can't show up the first night. Could you do the first night? And I said, yeah, I think I could. I've never preached like to older people, but I think I can do it. I'll like cut out the crowd breaker games and you know, I can do it. And I was like, I was excited and I'm like, this is it. I can do it. I can do it. I'm, I'm ready. Da, da, da. And I remember like getting excited and that was, you know, at 7 p.m. the night before. The next day I, I went and I told somebody and, and, I, and I said, hey, I got this opportunity. Da, da, da. I was like super excited. And, and the first words they said to me, are you sure you're ready for that? And here's the thing. At that moment, I, I was like, I, the air came out of my tires. I was like, no, I'm not ready. I went and called my friend back and I canceled it. And I said, I can't do it, I'm not ready. And for a while, I started to blame my friend who said that to me and I'm like, why would he say that? Why would he say that? You know? But the reality is it exposed something in me. 
It wasn't about him. It wasn't about, it exposed something in me. I was dealing with fear. I was dealing with inadequacy. I was dealing with things that, that, that I had to deal with. And my friend who I canceled on, he said, I, I'll take your cancellation, but you need to deal with fear. You need to get straight with this or it's going to plague you the rest of your life. And I remember I went into my room, and I, I've shared this before, but I, I, I actually marched around Jericho in my room. I wrote all the things I was fear from. You th might think this is crazy, but I wrote them on cards, and I marched around them, and I, and I started to proclaim the things that I needed breakthrough from. I need to be broken off my life. See, um, am I enough? See, when I meet people, and, and I met some people this week, that are saying, hey, I've got this stirring, these dreams, these things, whatever it may be, it's for business or, or, or whatever in life. And yet the common responses is there's two responses people have. Number one is inadequacy. I don't feel I'm qualified. I feel I'm inadequate. Or the other thing, fear, they're stuck. They're stuck in inadequacy. I can't do it. I know I can't do it. And the other thing is they're, they're climbers. They're, they're self-promoters. They're, they're trying to make it happen on their own. And if, if being a son or a daughter is, is kind of the, um, next slide, if, if, if say this is a road, and, and on each side of the road there's these ditches, and then the road is the, kind of the high thing, and I know it doesn't look like a road, but, um, <laughs> and that's supposed to say callings, but it says black box, but road to secondary callings. And so you have this road, and you have son and daughter in the middle. That's what we're called to be. We have a good father. We're called to be sons. We're called to just do what our father wants us to do, all this stuff. But we can find ourselves in either ditch on this, on this thing called finding our callings. And here's the thing is that um, I think of Moses. You know, Moses was living in Egypt, and Moses had in him this deep passion. He had this conviction that, that people were treated badly, that people were treated wrongly, that, that there was, there was the marginalized and oppressed, and he actually wanted to help it, but he had so much brokenness in him that he responded, and, and what came out was his wounds. What came out was, was anger. What came out is this, and, and it actually caused this brokenness, so he ended up trying, he ran. So he ran ran from, from, from trying to do this, and he ran to inadequacy. He ran into the, into the hills, into the desert, and he was there for many years. And what happened was God showed up. He had an encounter with the burning bush. He had an encounter with the presence of God. And when the presence of God comes, it came and, 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 and encountered him. See, everything he needs, um, everything he needed, he already had. God God said, what's in your hand? Well, well, a staff. And he said, throw down the staff. He made it, the, you know, the staff of God picked it up. See, everything he had, God had provided, but, but there, he needed that encounter. He needed the encounter. See, there's two ditches, and, and those, both those ditches that we can find ourselves on are about me, when it needs to be about him. See, self-promotion, we, we try to make it happen. i got to make it happen. I, it's who I can connect with. If I can connect with them, they'll connect with them. And da 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 And it's just like, it's, it's, it's a push. It's striving. It's work. It's all this stuff. See, self-promotion always points to a lack of identity and, and a lack of value. Um, it roots itself in pride. I can't trust God, so I need to do it on my own. God won't follow through, so I'll do the work myself. See, it starts off right because there's something deep in us. There, there is that purpose. You know, Moses just wanted to help, and, and he saw this guy treating people bad, so he's like, I'm going to help. But, but it wasn't the right motive. It wasn't the right 
foundation. He, he didn't know who he was as a son to be able to operate in that. See, then there's, then there's inadequacy. We have inadequacy. Inadequacy is this tendency to underrate one's abilities or oneself. And I, I think it's connected to fear. It, it, it can be, it can actually um, be, uh, it comes from, I, I think, many times our upbringings. And maybe consistent disapproval, where we, you know, um, not wanted or, or never able to please. Or it can also come from having an upbringing that was too positive. That was like, like it was everything you did was amazing. Everything you did was like phenomenal. You're the best. You're the best. But then deep down, you knew that you're really not the best. And you knew you're just average. And you feel like you're going to let people down because you're really not that. Or it can come from controlling a parent or teacher or something. And, and you, can't, you, know, you can't do anything right and, um, and, and all of that. And whatever the reason is, is that inadequacy can grow within us. We, we can have a moment, whatever it is, and we, with this inadequacy, that fear is there. See, we're all vulnerable to inadequacy feelings at some time or another. But we don't have to let them take permanent residence in our hearts. That's the thing. They're feelings. They're not reality. God has made us all unique, different, unlike anyone else. We have unique skills, our capabilities, however. But, but God, it will never alter God's price tag on us. When we know our value, it changes everything. Jeremiah was this young guy that God had called. He called him in his, in his probably late teens to early 20s. God called him and to be a minister, to, to, to be a prophet, actually. And Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Here's what the Lord said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. See, God chose him. God knew him intimately. God, God called him. God established him. And his response, inadequacy. His response was inadequacy. I, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. He's a teenager, 20-year-old saying this. God, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child. <laughs> You're 20 years old, Jeremiah. You know, like, I just, I think, like, what? You don't know how to speak? I'm only a child. Like, what? You're not two but inadequacy. And God says, do not say I'm only a child. You must go everywhere I send you. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid for I'm with you and will rescue you. And what happened next must have been astonishing. Jeremiah said, then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I put my words in your mouth. See today I point you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. See, what was the game changer for Jeremiah? He encountered the presence of God. God touched him. The presence of God came and touched his lips, and it changed everything. See, God was the source of his ability. It was God who watches over his word to perform it. It's God that watches over the words over each one of us to see them come to fulfillment. See, inadequacy, yeah, it's not about me. It, it, you see, if, if it isn't about me, then why do I have to carry the burden for it? See, it isn't my heart being exposed. It isn't me being vulnerable. See, is the picture I'm painting, is the picture I'm painting, is it with my life, is it mine or is it his? 
Because if it's mine, then I have to care what people will think about it. I have to defend it. If the dream I'm chasing, is it mine or is it his? It changes things. Is, is the song I'm writing, is it mine or is it his? Because it changes things. If, if, if it's his, then, then why do I have to try to defend it? He's the defender. If the book that God's put in my heart that I'm penning, is it, is it my book or is it God's book? Is, is the business idea that I'm building, is the business, is it mine or is it his? Is, is the relationship mine or is it his? If, is, is the sermon that I want to preach to you tonight, is it mine or is it his? See, shouldn't we be inadequate on our own strength? God has given you every talent and skill, and we must value it and, and do what we're called to do. But the reality is, most people, we, we don't know our value from God. And so we need to get value from others. We need praise from others. We need people to say, that was a really good job. Your book was amazing. We, we need that. And see if it's mine, then, then I want to get value from it because I'm a good investor. <laughs> And if I invest my time into something and it's mine, then I'm like, oh, I want to get a return on my investment. I want you to say, Travis, that was amazing. <laughs> right? Because I'm a good steward of my time. But the reality is we're not called to live our own lives. We're called to die to self. We're called to live his life, his dream, his purpose, his business, his, his, his sermon, his, all these things. And when it's his, then I don't need to feel like I'm being exposed because it's not mine anyway. I don't have to carry the burden of it. I don't have to have all this anxiety about it because it's not mine to carry. It's his burden. Does that make sense? We following? See, else we're trying to prove our value or our worth through, through what we're doing. And this idea, I have something to offer. What do you think about it? And we're putting this out there so people can tell us what they think. But see, my friend who said, are you ready for it? It wasn't what my friend said. It was my response. Yes, I wasn't ready, and I was over my head, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't have done it. But that was my heart. I wasn't ready. I needed to get healed. I needed to become a son or daughter. I needed God to take the fear out of me. See, we don't need to prove value or worth because we already have it. So everything that I'm going to do, every dream that I'm going to do, every calling God's put on my heart, I don't have to try to do it to prove my value or prove my worth or prove that Travis is amazing. I'm already amazing because God thinks I'm amazing. And so I may preach the worst sermon ever, and you may say, that was terrible. And I say, okay, well, you know, words, words are hard to hear. But at the end of the day, does it affect my value? It shouldn't. Because my value has to be secure in Him. See, we have to know that. We have to get this. You're called to establish the kingdom of, of, of um, heaven on earth. We're each called to that. You're the light of the world. It's time that we paint. It's time that we write. It's time that we sing songs, that we, we write the image that God has called us to release. It's time that we do it. And we're stuck in that ditch of inadequacy. We're stuck in we're trying to make it happen. And God calls us to get on the road and get out of the ditch and pull us onto the road. He wants to pull us onto the road tonight and say, it's time to be you. It's time to be everything I've called you to be. You're my son. You're my daughter. And I have a plan bigger than you can see. See, inadequacy is a feeling. And just because you feel it doesn't mean you are it. 
Just because someone throws you a ball doesn't mean you have to catch it. And just because the enemy throws you some inadequacy doesn't mean you have to keep it and catch it. It's like, no thanks. Just let it go by. Matrix it. <laughs> See, 2 Timothy 1.7 says fear disrupts uh, love. Paraphrase. Fear, fear disrupts love, power, and a sound mind. See, if we have fear, it's going to disrupt our power, it's going to disrupt our love, and it's going to disrupt our sound mind. If you follow Jesus, you're qualified, period. If you follow Jesus, you're qualified, period. You're qualified for everything he's called you to do. You're qualified to be a father. You're qualified to be a mother. You're qualified to be a teacher, a missionary. Whatever the secondary calling that's beckoning you, that, that God has qualified you. You might not even see the whole picture. You might have just a word or a thought, but God will provide. God will do it. See, you have what it takes. See, that screams the gospel more than anything else. You know, I just think the early disciples, they were going around, and you know what screamed the gospel? Is here's these uneducated people that Jesus just called together, that responded to the call because they're followers of the way, and, and they just, this rangtang group of, of basically misfits, they all come together, and, and they're, they're like doing the work of Jesus. And I, I love Acts 4, verse 13 and 14. And it says, when the, Peter and John are there, it says, when they saw, and they're standing before the Sanhedrin, these, these wise people. And it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who'd been healed standing with them, there was nothing they could say. Like, come on. It's time it's time, guys, that we step into our calling. It's time that we, that we not let inadequacy and these, these fears and these lies and these things that we've caught and, and we, we shouldn't have caught. The lies that says you can't do it, you can't, you're stuck in, in the same job for the rest of your life. It, it's time to actually follow what he's put in our hearts. See, who's calling you? Who's naming you? Who, who's defining you? See, we live in a world with a lot of noise. We live in a world with many voices. We live in a world um, with many storms. But are the storms, are the circumstances, are the hopeless things, are the promises unfulfilled calling you? And if so, I'm sad to say that it's fear, it's doubt, it's inadequacy, it's unqualified thoughts, it's hopelessness, it's weakness that's going to take hold of your life. That's, that's who you're responding to. It's calling you and you're saying, yes, I'm here. It's picked you. You've caught it. And, and, and see, our prayers, our lives will then be driven by, why do we have so much anxiety? Because the center of it's I. I have to try to find it out. I have to figure it out. I have to do it. When God needs to be our primary calling. God needs to be the center of our throne. God needs to be what, what we, God, actually, I don't have to carry this. This is yours. This is your burden. It is time, I've said this before, it's time to check in a lot of baggage that we've taken on, carry on. It's time to check it in. The airline has extra bags. You can check it in. And, and Jesus wants you to check it in. See, the thing we, we dreamed of doing will never do because we're too scared to even attempt it. See, here's the reality. Sin can't hold me. Sickness can't hold me. Lack of money can't hold me. Lack of friends can't hold me. The hurt from church and church people, that, that can't hold me. 
When the dream seems overwhelming or absolutely impossible, it can't hold me back. What people say, that can't hold me back because he calls. He calls me. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob calls us. And he's on your side and he's pulling you through. He's pulling me through. My father calls me. My father calls you. That's, that's the reality tonight. Daniel, if you could come and um, I want to close, but he's pulling us tonight. He's wooing us. He's a gentle father. He's not harsh. He's, he's a gentleman. He's wooing us. He's, he's calling us. He's summoning. And here's the thing is when the call is on your life, people, people won't understand it. People won't understand it. They'll say intentional things. I remember when I was in engineering, and yet I felt this call, and I didn't know what it looked like. And I remember sharing it with someone I respected really well. And I said, hey, I'm in engineering, but, but I'm, I feel like someday I'm called to Canada. I don't know what that looks like. like I mean, this is just, I have no idea. And, and they said to me, they said, oh, that's weird that you'd be in engineering. That's weird. Maybe you're called to just be an engineer. Maybe you're called to just... Here's the thing I found. Wonderful people have wonderful plans for my life. <laughs> they do. I had a boss. I was making a lot of money, Christian guy. He said, your plan, you're, you're called to be with me for the rest of your life, make a lot of money. <laughs> I was like, amen, no. <laughs> right? But it's easy on the, sir, it's easy. But the thing is, God, what are you saying? God, what's your call? Man doesn't call me. God calls me. Man doesn't call you. God calls you. The thing is, when man calls, what, what, what backup is there? When, when man calls, what happens when man fails, when man leaves, when da-da-da, things happen? But when God calls, he watches over his word to perform it. He, he backs it. He is a backing. It, it happens. See, um, tonight, I, I just sense is a serious thing. Is something that we'll look back on decades tonight. Because God is calling tonight. He's calling us. Because you're called, the, the reality is you may not hang out with the same friends that you currently hang out with. When, when God's calling becomes so real, that secondary calling, it may change things. That's the disclaimer. I'm telling you right now. Even good people, even, even great things that, that it goes, they're not bad, but when we're honed in on what he's calling us to do, we have to get rid of distractions. You have to realize that you're not going to be able to keep up with the Joneses. You're, you're not going to be able to have the expectation of others on you. I met with a couple this week and they were talking about the dreams and I talked to them about the expectations of moms and how mom groups want her to do all these things and mom groups are and she says I feel the pull of it all and yet I don't have time to do the thing that God's been calling me to do see here's the thing when God calls you to do sometimes you have to say no to some really good things because you feel the call I know as a lead team we've talked about this we've we've hashed this out because as a lead team we've all felt that we feel the pull of all the stuff happening in life and and busyness and all the stuff going on but we also know what God's called us for this season priorities leisure I love getting to the mountains I love good times but here's the thing there's times I have to say no because no, I, I got to respond, what's, what's more important, the call of my life or my leisure? 
See, I found when you do the call, you, you get experiences that are incredible. And you're like, this is amazing. I get to be part of this. See, you might be a marked outcast with men, but you'll be an in-cast with God. That's what it's all about. It's a dying to me. It's a dying to self. It's a dying to Travis. Tonight's serious. And the heart of God for us is to step into our callings. It's beyond what we can comprehend. You need to understand tonight that the call God has on me and this movement of resurgence on our, on our lead team is to see people step into their callings. And it's to move from the dead, it's to move from the dry bones in a valley, it's move from the impossible circumstances and to, and to be an army, to have breath come into us and, and to stand. You know, we're doing a conference and they stood, but it's to stand, but it's not just standing. It's not just a great altar at resurgence. Oh, we had like lots of people and they responded and everybody shook at the altar and it was amazing. And the question is, how are we different tomorrow? How are we impacting the nation of Canada tomorrow? See, revival is, is getting his breath and having an encounter. But, but I've been focusing on a word. God prompted me a word lately about revival to reformation where reformation is actually the changing of structures, habits, and systems. And I believe God's raising up a generation that are, are full of revival, full of breath, full, we need all of that, but actually are going to start changing political systems, that are going to start changing business systems, that are going to shift the entire fabric of our nation. We need a reformation in Canada. We need people that will say, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to be the best teacher because God has an anointing on my life and I'm going to start seeing stuff change in the educational system. I'm going to love kids like, I've, like no one's ever seen kids be loved before. We need moms that are going to say, I'm going to raise children that are going to be world changers. We, we, we need that, guys. There has to be a shift. We can't do another 10 years of just, oh, we're just going to hang out and have great altar experiences. We've got to do in the next 10, we have to see a nation changed. That's crazy. But God's called it, so he'll, he'll, he'll do it. We don't have to do it. We just have to say yes. See, I, I just have to respond to the call. Each one of us just have to respond to the thing that God's called us to do. Why do we do resurgence? Why are we organizing this conference, putting all this on? Lots of crazy work. Because there's a call that beckons us so strongly. And it's bigger than Edmonton, it's Canada. So we're saying, okay, we're gonna do a conference that's bigger and we're inviting people from other where. We don't even know who we're inviting, but God bring them. <laughs> because we need people to come and, and, to, and to help us because we need to move this thing forward. That's, that's why we're doing it. See, as I prepared for this um, tonight, my heart was exploding because I, I was in my, in, in my house last night pacing and I was just like, ah! I honestly said that. And, um, and I felt like I was gonna explode because of the magnitude of this moment tonight. Do you understand the potential you have? Do you understand the calling you have? Do you understand who you are? Do you understand the value that you carry? Your life was paid by, by the greatest price that can ever happen. And it's time that we actually do something that God's called us to do. And the easy part of it is we just have to say yes to Him. We have to say yes to the call. We have to respond. See, I just felt like, like if we get this tonight, the lid is going to pop off of what we know. 
there's more of God for us. But the more of God is on the other side of our obedience. God calls, God knocks, God knocks. And for some of you, God's been knocking. He's been knocking a long time. And you've been distracted by things and, and pursuing this and pursuing that. And tonight he's saying, what's the call that I've called you to? Don't, don't lose sight of that. It's come, come back to that. What's the image that you're going to portray? What's the thing? See, I love each of you. And I stand here as this leader of, of this, and I say this in love, but it's time to step into it. Some of you, it's time to step into it. It's time, it's, I'm tired of seeing potential that sits on the bench. I'm tired of seeing draft picks that don't develop. Sorry, hockey analogy. Right? It's, it's time to actually not just have a lot of great draft picks that sit there and, oh yeah, they're great. They had great stats in junior, but they never made it. And I felt this as I prayed tonight. I felt these things. I'm just going to read them. Um, don't discount the moment you're in right now. The choices you make in this moment will alter the course of your life. Fear of insignificance was, has paralyzed many. And if we don't deal with it, we'll do lots to make us feel secure. But it isn't the calling. Some tonight are stuck because your calling is dependent on your obedience. Others are waiting on the other side of your obedience. He's called, and yet you have the place, the call on hold. You've made excuses. You have good reasons. God will not just blank out your fear or your inadequacy. He's given what you need. You're qualified. If you're waiting for someone else or something to make you feel significant, it won't happen. It's an inside job. And he wants to do it tonight. This is a moment where the stake goes into the ground. This is a, this is a, a, a changing moment. Maybe you're battling if you have what it takes. The reality is you'll never have it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't change his character and his and your value. Um, Megan prayed this in, in prayer. I believe it was Megan said over me, said 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all more gladly about my weakness so Christ's power may rest on me. See, without our inadequacy, then we can't actually have the full weight and understanding of God's grace. We're not getting the full value of His grace. If we don't understand that we're inadequate, then you can't, you can't cash in on the full value of grace. You'll never understand the full value of grace. Inadequacy is what brings the full value of grace. Do we get His grace? An encounter with His presence takes us out of the ditches that we find ourselves in. Some in this place tonight, God's calling you. God's calling you to new places, new cities, maybe new careers, new, new things. And you've known for a while this isn't, this isn't new. Some of it's been there, but you've been trying to distract yourself, whatever. But it's, it's time. God's calling. I want us to all close our eyes and bow our heads in this place. greatest call that can ever happen, the primary call of our lives is that Jesus comes into our hearts tonight. 
As I prayed for tonight, I, I knew there's people here that you're not in right standing with Jesus. I know it. I, I just, I sense it in this place. You're, you're like, why am I here? There's maybe even anger in your heart. What, whatever the things are, Jesus sees you. He sees where you're at. And he's called you tonight. And he wants to come and he wants to heal the things that you're going through. He wants to come and heal your heart. He wants to come in. He's been walking around since that garden, calling, <laughs> calling. And Jesus made it possible that we can say, come into my life. God, here I am. Here I am. I'm a sinner. I've screwed up. I messed up. I whatever. There's no thing that's too great for God. God will take you just as you are. You don't have to clean up and, and be all this, this person to come to God. You, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I say yes. So maybe you've asked him in your heart before. Maybe, maybe you've never. Wh whatever it is, wherever you're at, tonight he's calling you home. And if no one's looking around in this place, if that's you, and you say, I need that. I just want you to lift your hand. I want to see your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. 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 All across this place. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Just a couple more people. I really sense it. It's not an accident you're here tonight. Like it's, it's like you're, it's just, you're like, why am I here tonight? Yep. Yep. Thank you. Yep. We're just going to wait. Uh, I just feel, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. About eight, nine people I counted that are saying, yeah. Anyone else? Thank you for those that raised their hands. Now, I want us all to pray this. Whether you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, every person in this place, I want you to repeat this after me. Jesus, I thank you that you called me. And tonight, I say yes. Come into my heart. Come be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I receive your love tonight. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your healing. And I receive your Holy Spirit. I ask you to set me free from everything that is attacking my mind, my body, and my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer tonight, I, I, I don't want you to just, it's easy to just leave and, and slip out the back and we're going to have um, some food after in the lobby and it's easy to, but I want you to come and, and, and this row is our, our lead team and, and leaders and there's going to be a prayer ministry. I want you to come and tell us. If it's the first time you've ever prayed that, come. We want to pray with you. We're not going to freak you out. We're not going to make it weird. We actually just want to care for you. We actually just want to lay hands on you. We want to get your number so we can actually follow up and go, how are you doing? Get you a Bible if you don't have a Bible. Just, just be there. 
because this isn't just a decision you make and you leave, but it, we want to walk and connect you with the church, see, see what, how we can help you, because God has, has done that. He's calling, and we want to see that secondary calling come in your life. Last thing tonight is I, um, I don't know how to do this, but I, I just... Um, I want us all stand across this place. We've been sitting for a long time. Stand up. I preach long. I'm sorry. But we just put our hands in front of us and just spend some time asking the Lord what He's saying to us tonight. Start to just start to hear what He would say for you tonight. As I've talked about calling, I believe God wants to speak to every one of us tonight about our callings, about the, the primary calling, but then those secondary callings, those secondary things. Just put your attention on Him tonight. Put your affection on Him tonight. Come against every distraction. If you've never done this before, you're like, I'm new, I just said yes to Jesus. Just close your eyes and put your hands and say, God, would you speak to me? Just try it. He's going to speak. I spoke tonight on those two ditches that we can find ourselves in, those two things, uh, self-promotion, climbing, trying to make it happen on our own. That, that one side of it where it's like we're just like, ah, I got to try to make it happen. God's revealing to some of you tonight. It's like it's striving, it's things, and, and they've been good intent. But God wants to heal your heart in those things. And if, if that's you, Again, no one's looking around. We're just, but if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and go, that's me. I've been trying to make it happen. I've been trying to, I just, I want to, I want to get out of this ditch. <laughs> that's you. Just lift your hand all across this place. Yeah. Performance, all that stuff. I'm going to pray for those people. So if that's you, just kind of. Lift your hands to receive. If that's you, if that's performance, striving, climbing, whatever you call it, self-promotion. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in this place. God, you're the one that, that speaks to us. You're the one that gave this message to me. You're the one that's convicting us now of where we're at in our hearts and what's distracting us from the call, what's what's taking us off the road that you've called us to be on where we're getting stuck and right now we just come against all bit of striving all bit of trying to make it happen all bit of performance we just we repent of that right now in this place we, we lay it at your feet and we say we're sorry God we repent of trying to make things happen on our own, trying to carry the burden that we're not even supposed to carry, trying to take it on our back and just climb up the ladder with this thing. And I just, God, we just, we get off the ladder tonight. 
We get off the ladder and I just, I break the burden off every person. I break the weight that they've been carrying where it's even manifested in back pain and anxiety. We break that in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that you're setting us free. That it's your dream, it's your call, it's your business idea, it's your relationship, it's your purpose. God, that we, we, we surrender all of that. We lay it all down tonight. It's easy. The burden is light. It's easy. And you take it, God. You, it's yours. So right now, for every person that's saying that, we just, God, we just, we surrender. Teach us our value. Let us know how valuable we are in your sight and how, oh, Jesus, you have it taken care of. Every worry that we would trust you fully. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God, where we've not trusted you with all our heart, we've trusted you with only some. We repent tonight. And we surrender and we ask you to come and repair our hearts. Free us from the lies of trying to make it happen on our own. Thank you, Lord. The second thing I, I want to um, indicate is inadequacy. Is the other side of it. It's about me as well, not him. It's about me. It's about I. It's about my inadequacy. And there are many, as I, I prayed for tonight, there are many. You're stuck here. You're really stuck here people on the other side, they're like marching forward. They're not stuck. They're kind of stuck, but they're stuck in a different way. But on this side, you're, you're stuck. On the inadequacy can stuck us. That's not proper English. It can stop us. And, and that we're not enough, that we, that lie, that we don't know our value, that all these things. And I just, I, as I prayed for us tonight, there's so many dreams that were just coming to my mind. People's dreams and people's desires and all these things. But, but they're not happening because there's a fear and there's an, ex, an, an, an inadequacy. I, I can't do it. I'm not qualified. All that. So with eyes closed and, and you would say, and maybe you find yourself a bit of both. That's okay. That could be common. There's, these are two things we can kind of be whipping between both ditches. But you go, I, I'm in a, I need that. There's inadequacy in my life, and I, need to, I, I want to be free from inadequacy. The, the, this, this idea that I'm not enough, that, that I, I don't understand gracefully. I don't, I, I don't know all this stuff, but, but I, I've been stuck and, it, and, it's, and it's fear. It's fear-based inadequacy. It's not, it's not the proper. It's not, it, it's just, ugh. So if that's you, just raise your hands, both hands up. That's you, just, yeah. Yeah, all across this room. I want to ask every person that's got their hands up in the air, I want you to, get out of your seat and I want you to come to the altar and we're going to pray together corporately I just I just sense we're just going to pray together if you think you're alone you're not everybody's coming (laughs) 
If it's you tonight, just come. Find, just, just press in. I know it's, it's full, but just, just find a spot somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so God, I pray right now for every person here. God, we confess our inadequacy, God, in our own, that, that we, we can't do this on our own, God. We, we, we God, all of this stuff, and I just, God, I, I pray this over each person at this altar tonight. We just declare a breakthrough, God, that, that we would know your value tonight. We would know the value that you have over each one of us, that you have picked us, you have chosen us, you have called us, that, that God, we are not, we are not um, orphans, but we are sons and daughters of a really good father. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that as we've responded tonight, as you're prompting Holy Spirit, you would heal every lie in our heart, every bit where we have grabbed inadequacy that's been thrown at us, where there's been, um, there's people here, you're a mom and, and you feel inadequate as a mom. You're a father. You feel inadequate as a father. You're going to be a father. You're in business. You're all these things. I just see it. And God's saying, I break that lie. I break that lie. I've called you. I've set you apart. I knew you before you were formed in the womb as Jeremiah. And he, and he has appointed you. He And I just sense tonight he wants to touch lips. He wants to touch your lip with just that, that how he touched Jeremiah. So God, we just, we receive right now your touch because it's the presence of God that changes everything and I pray from the left to the right from the front to the back that every person in this room that we would receive an encounter with you right now oh God of your Holy Spirit that you would touch us that your presence your your you would encounter us on the road tonight like Saul was on the road and he became Paul. That encounter that changed everything. God, that you would take us out of every ditch that we find ourselves, every bit of being stuck, every bit of unvaluing ourselves. God, we thank you right now for the very image we are in you. God, how much you think of us. And I just ask right now that each of us would have a picture of the incredible value we have in you. And that would forever change us. So right now, I just sense God's, just, just start to wait on him, and, and God's going to start just healing some stuff in hearts. You're going to start to get a picture of things. It all changes tonight. See a picture of him just like picking you out of the ditch, picking, cleaning the mud off and bringing you onto the road. You're his daughter, you're his son. He's picking us up tonight. He's moving us into freedom. He's breaking fear, anxiety, stress. That's not ours to take. Doubt hopelessness, weakness.
Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.